Greetings, nerds. This is Tina Nerd, and tonight we are back talking all things Infinity War with some real OGs of this podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont, and with me, as always, is the man behind the scene, our Mr. Producer, I did it in one take, Will Polk. Yay, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I'm doing Thank well. you. Yes, yes, yes. Thanks. I I don't appreciate being called out on that in front of our guests. <laughs> so, especially because he used to do this. <laughs> you, but here's the thing, Sarah. You get a, you always get it on one take. So that's why I was just, just messing with you. I always do, except for all of those times when I didn't. Yeah. Which Hashtag sensitive Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag, I didn't introduce you. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> pacing Pete, everyone. Pacing Pete. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, guys? What's up? It's good, good to be here with you guys. By that, like, is it okay I, for me to say that? Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, it's still my Twitter handle. I haven't changed anything, so yeah, it's still the same thing. Yeah, well, it's good to good to actually pod with you because I think it's the first yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen to you guys that for a while. So. Yeah. Good to get to finally get that done. Yeah, definitely, <clears throat> definitely. So it's yes, yeah, I'm looking forward to being with the master tonight. So <laughs> you guys are too kind. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, as 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 I always say with the Neil Kurt from my favorite fan uh, rush. I'm always the new guy. So yeah, it only took like what ten years for the MCU <laughs> to build a cinematic universe, and then Pete is just like, I want to pod again, guys. <laughs> please let me be on the show, please. <laughs> Please let me in. I'll give you a stone. I know where this all stone is. Please. <laughs> I'll sacrifice what I need to. Please. I, I don't know. I'm pretty sure they found all of the stones. Like, <sighs> I think they checked that box. I don't know. It's, I, I foresee a Willy Wonka thing where they faked out the, the golden ticket and it's still hiding somewhere. No, I'm just mm. kidding. I was really scared there as soon as he said Willy Wonka. <laughs> that freaking Johnny Depp, he better not. See, I have not. No, spoiled, no, 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 no. Spoiled my eyes. I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm referencing clearly the. <laughs> I'm referencing clearly yeah. nothing. I'm trying, trying to scratch you here. Okay, there we go. All right. Sorry, guys. <laughs> it was really anticlimactic. No, I just you know I thought I thought Thanos stamped his fingers. I thought you faded I away. I know, I know. Just, <laughs> which sucks because you, have you guys checked out that site if you survived Thanos or something like that, where it tells you if you survived and and I died, I was sacrificed for the greater good. Apparently, that's what they tell me. So yeah, I, I've been a, if it's a Facebook like widget thing, I've, I've been afraid of those ever since uh, <laughs> since forever. So. <laughs> Well, if you died and you're talking to us tonight, wouldn't that mean that we also died? That's a good point. Yeah. We're all in the soul stone right now. I guess we are. <laughs> you guys, all right, let's just get into this. I mean, enough. I don't know anymore. I have no words. It's <laughs> all off the rails, per usual. Yeah, damn it, Pete. <laughs> I come back and everything goes to hell. Sounds about right. I don't know if it was you or just Thanos because a lot of shit went down in this movie and it it was I will just say that um, I I think that my DM to Will was that this is the best paced Marvel movie I've ever seen Mm -hmm. and 
I I found the more I think about this movie, I haven't seen it a second time, but I will, is that it was so well paced that even the slow moments I didn't mind because you have Thanos who they introduce right away really good job with that introduction, really strong, powerful, and he immediately goes after the stones. And so while he's trying to find the stones, you realize that the Avengers have some of the stones, although we already knew that. Right. And so they're on the defense while he's on the offense. And so that's how you're able to move throughout the story with all of these different storylines, but they all have the same purpose. And I think that's really the masterful part of this, how they were able to accomplish that with a single narrative, because it's definitely told from Thanos' perspective, mm-hmm. um, but but still covers so much in such a short period of time. Yeah. And those are my thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, you, whenever you, you DM me, she's like, should I go see it? I'm like, yes, go see it already, because... <laughs> Uh, you know, it's hard to stay spoiler free for a whole week, but at these these days and times. But um, but you're you're right. One of the one of the things that whenever the movie started, uh, and you didn't have the usual Marvel fanfare, right then you knew that you know to your point it was told from Thanos's you know standpoint, and mm-hmm. and, and and it jumped right you know. What I liked about it was it jumped right into the story. Uh, there was no, it just basically assumed that you as an audience member, you, you know all what's going on at, at this point in, in the story. So it really did just jump right into it uh, very dramatically uh, with, um, you know, the demise of, of, of two of Asagard's um, bonus with Loki and uh, Imadel. And, uh, mm-hmm. And it, yeah, I mean, it was, it, I mean, it just really set the tone for the whole movie, which was just, just a very dark, I mean, even in the theater, it was, you know, it was just a very cold, chill kind of, you know, setup for it. And, uh, and, and it was very well paced as it was executed out. I mean, even, even with the one lull I thought, which was, I'm not a big fan of, of vision. But that was sort of probably the one moment where I was kind of drifting in the whole uh, sequence there uh, whenever they were in um, uh, Russia. R- Russia, yeah. So, yeah. Petersburg? Were they in Russia? I thought they were Scotland. Am I thinking Scotland? I Scotland. Scotland. Yeah, yeah they, they were Scotland. Scotland. Yeah. See, yeah, it was so, such a lull. That was the only lull. But even in that, you're right, it didn't like completely drag it to to a, to a halt. Um, but yeah, it, I prefer that scene over Peppercosh. Yeah, well, that was kind of that was just kind of a throwaway. It's like we got to give Gwyneth Paltrow something to do. <laughs> Pepper's just got to show up. Tony's here, so we got to have Pepper somehow. And she was that pretty wasn't much what I was alluding to at all, Will. But you <laughs> <Yeah>. may not. <laughs> Sorry, I thought that's what. Yeah, that's what I thought. But okay, I will. I will sit down now. And, Pete, yeah. help us. Scotland. Scotland. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. It was in Scotland. Okay, point taken. <laughs> and I said peppercosh, not pepper. Ah, my bad. I misheard you. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> okay, but seriously, Pete, I mean, you did 
return to your old stomping jo- um, ground just to talk about this movie. So what are your thoughts, your initial thoughts? You know, I got a chance to watch it twice, and there's definitely things you, you know, obviously you pick up a second time around. Um, whether it be lines, whether it be moments in the movie that you just kind of go, oh, I didn't, I didn't notice that the the, uh, the first time that really kind of make you theorize different things with characters and story arcs. Um, uh, I liked uh, Infinity War, um, probably my favorite Avenger movie. No, I. I think I actually said this in a tweet. I corrected myself. Easily my my most favorite Avenger movie. Right. And and top three MCU movie uh, for me. Um, I I thought everything was done so well. Thanos is, whew, man, that guy uh, really is a force of nature. I think I saw that quote quite a few times in different reviews. But um, I thought they did a really fantastic job with the the CGI. Um, Mm -hmm. I thought even Josh Brolin, what he brought to the role was um, something powerful, something scary. Um, and, and I think what was scary about him was the fact that he thought he was doing everything like, like he thought he was doing everything for the greater good. He, mm-hmm. he tried, I think he tried to have humanity by extinguishing humanity, if that makes any sense. Um, or at least half of humanity as we saw. Uh, but it was just kind of, he was just kind of one of those scary characters, not, I mean, physically, he obviously he's imposing, but just in the fact that, just in his end, his end game, what he was trying to do, and I mean, he wasn't like some sadistic, like, Joker-esque character, like when, uh, for the moment, uh, Scarlet Witch destroyed the, the um, uh, I'm forgetting the stone that Vision had in him, you guys remember, uh, oh, isn't it yeah. the Mind Stone? The Mind Stone? The Mind Stone? I can't remember. Is it the Mind? I think, I think that's right. Mind but Stone. When she destroys it, you know, he doesn't, uh, at least in that moment, we're, we're thinking, oh, it's over. And, and, you know, he walks up and he, he kind of, he, you know, he sympathizes with her. And he, it's just, and that was kind of, I didn't think it was weird. Right. I thought it was like really good. It was a really good move, um, to show that side of his character because it shows that he's not, you know, I think in the comics he's known as the Mad Titan, and and uh, he's he's just this uh, crazy person. But in that moment, he didn't seem crazy at all. Obviously, he knew he was going to use the Time Stone to reverse everything in that moment at the same time. But it was just a mm-hmm. different side of a villain that you don't normally see. Like right. when they don't get their way, they don't like most of them go crazy or ballistic or something and like kill everyone around them. He didn't do that at all. He kept calm. He t- kept his composure. And it was just like, it, I thought it was a really good scene, even though I thought it was like, it was just kind of odd to see that, but it was really well done. And, and I think that is all credit to the way they wrote that scene and, and Josh Brolin and the way he delivered those lines. Um, but well, uh, he, okay. I mean, to go off of your point, Pete, like there's actually a few scenes like that where you have um, when we, and we see this in the trailer, even with Captain America and Thanos and Captain America has the has the gauntlet and there's that look that Thanos gives him of like I'm impressed by you (laughs) like (laughs) I'm not mad I'm just thrown off because I didn't think anybody could do that and then there's also another scene between Thanos and Tony Stark where even Tony I mean Thanos is beating Tony down and it's just like I hope they remember you Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. like there's he he likes the competition. I think he was mm-hmm. very intrigued by it, but he knew at the end of this he would still win. And so there is this confidence in everything he did throughout this movie. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no, and that's totally almost right. more menacing than like a Joker character because the Joker's just you don't. It's like this um, this fear of the surprise, but with Thanos, it's more of the of the fear of what he's already strategically plotted out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, mic drop. <laughs> Sorry, I was I was leaving it open because it's to let Will talk. Yeah, um, I mean, y'all, y'all both have raised like you know, super, you know, great points as far as his, his motivation, and um, it, I really don't have much more to add to that because what we've seen just in the last what in the last two movies in the MCU with with Infinity War and then also with uh, Black Panther with um, with Killmonger, is you have two villains who have, they're one, they're very three-dimensional, mm-hmm. and two, they do have a very, they have a sense of purpose to their, to their, to their, to their quest. And, you know, with, with Killmonger, you had him uh, wanting to basically you know, take down Wakanda and, and use its, you know, assume the throne that he felt it was rightfully his, um, to, you know, basically right the wrongs that he felt that how Wakanda had left him behind. Here in Infinity War, you have Thanos, again, his, 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 his goal is to, to basically, you know, better the universe and, you know, basically to pick who are the winners and who are the losers as far as, uh, who's worthy of, you know, of, of survival. Um, and, and so, and, and, you know, and, and collecting all the infinity stones, he was able to achieve that, to achieve that goal. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think definitely, you know, this, like Pete said, I mean, this, as far as the Avengers films themselves, definitely my favorite of the Avengers. And, uh, it's definitely in, in the top, uh, top five as far as the MCU films for me as well. So then, Pete, did you buy what they did between Thanos and Gamora throughout this movie? You know, I kind of tossed and turned on that because honestly, in the first the first time I watched, um, I didn't totally buy it, and and maybe it's because we're seeing Thanos and Gamora their relationship really kind of, I guess, flushed out a little bit more. Um, but I, I just it was hard for me. Like I was almost like Gamora. I was like, really. Like, when he turned around and he had a tear, I'm like, really? I mean, this is a guy that's just, like, hell-bent on destroying, like, the universe. And just, like, he thinks he's God. And, right. and he's going right. to do what he wants. And and he has to sacrifice the thing he loves. And Gomorrah's like, well, you didn't, you don't love anything. And I thought that was such a great scene. And mm-hmm. when he turns around, I mean, that was my exact reaction. I was like, really? Like, you, you really love Gomorrah? I mean, and, and I think, you know... Watching the second time, I think maybe it helped me understand it or, or at least feel a little bit better about the scene and, and how that whole relationship played out. And, and obviously leading to when Thanos throws Gamora off and, and sacrificing her for the Soul Stone. Um, but um, I think at first I didn't really buy it. It was hard for me just because we're just being introduced to Thanos. And I get that we get the backstory of him and Gamora and how, you know, he <laughs> he basically kidnapped her. And, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. took her away from her family and her people and just and killed half of them. Um, but, I mean, it, it was a little bit hard to really buy that in the beginning. I guess, like I said, the second time, I think I bought it a little bit more, but I, I still 
lean a little bit more towards like I guess because mm-hmm. we really we've only seen Thanos from afar and just he's he's more about the stones and to to see him make that sacrifice when you know we didn't know what he was going to sacrifice it it's still to me I I don't buy it but I buy it a little bit I don't think that makes sense like I'm not fully there I'm not fully on board with yeah yeah with that I well guess. I think yeah well I think part of it too is I mean Gamora hasn't been a fully fleshed out character mm-hmm. uh, in, in, in some regards I mean even in in the Guardians yeah I mean there was a little you know it was mentioned um, and, and touched on but um, I mean, she's been more of this kind of a foil for Peter Will and so and so it was. I, I had that same kind of reaction as far as like I, it, it, it thematically. I, I saw it and what they were trying to do there, but but I did feel a little. It was. I, I did feel like it was a bit of a forced emotional response. To, you know, in particular when when he when he cried, but but for me it was almost like it was a cynical tear. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> and they say I'm the cynic. <laughs> uh, yeah, when he when he did that, I don't know if he was crying because he was sacri- you know, that he was doing the sacrifice, or just crying that, you know, just overwhelmed with like this is really happening, and I'm going to achieve this evil goal of getting this old stone, you know, one step closer to. You know, achieving achieving this goal. So I don't know if that tear was motivated by sadness of having to to sacrifice her, or was uh, maybe maybe it was a tear of, of something else. Hmm. Yeah, the more I, I I'm I'm right there with you both, where I go back and forth on this all the time, and I really want to see it a second time just to try to look more closely at not just the scene where he makes that decision, but her scene where she actually believes that she killed him mm. and you see that rage of emotion after she accomplishes what her objective has been only for him to then change reality and be like, ha ha, yeah. <laughs> you're wrong. And, and I actually, in that moment, I bought fully into that relationship because and I'm going to, you guys know how I love bringing up TV shows and comparing things. <laughs> um, it reminds me a lot about Mr. Robot and mm. the father-son dynamic there where I love you, but I hate you for everything you've put me through and that like antagonistic relationship that mm-hmm. can occur, um, especially between somebody who you're not biologically related but it's more that you found me and you you did prepare me for life but in the worst way possible and so I hate you but I love you and then if I skip over the scene where he sacrifices Grimora and go straight to that end where he does accomplish what he wanted to only to find himself facing the little girl he saved and I think that is much more of a telling scene um, about his connection to her because my dad tells me it all the time. Like, no matter how much you grow up, I will always see you as that little girl. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very telling that he doesn't picture Gamora as we know her, but he pictures the girl he found way back when. That's a good point. Yeah. I didn't even think about that, but that's a really, really good point. And also just to add on to that, like, I think, you know, like I was saying, like I was tossing and turning over, over really 
you know, buying fully into that relationship and buying into that scene. I always think back to when they're at nowhere and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when she stabs him in the neck and, and, and obviously he, he, he set all that up on purpose to draw her in, but you know, she's like com- completely breaks down at the moment when she thinks she's killed Thanos. And you know, those, those tears aren't of happiness, obviously. No. So, you know, so that, that does, that does, I guess you could say show maybe she had some, love for him and maybe in some way. So this, I just thought of that right now. Maybe, maybe, maybe that, maybe there's something to that. So that maybe that's why I am, I'm, I, while I'm on the fence, I, there is a reason to where I would buy that relationship. Also with what you said too, Sarah. Yeah. Good job, yeah. Pete. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like you were waiting for us to be like, good point. <laughs> You're going to cook now. I no, um, <laughs> no. It's interesting how w- when we started talking about Glamora, it was immediately said that we haven't really. She hasn't been fleshed out, even though we've had two Guardians movies, and yet she is not only in her relationship with Thanos, but also in her relationship with Peter Quill. One of the more controversial, might I say, points about Infinity War because. Peter Quill, you, you screwed up there for a moment. I mean, you think? I don't know, Will. <laughs> I uh, how bad did he screw this up? Oh, let's see. There's bad, and he and there is. Yeah, he fucked everything up pretty bad. <laughs> 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 there's there's no there's no yeah um yeah Peter 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 uh, you know I, but. Uh, in a way, I have a lot to say about this. I can't wait. Yeah, in a way, <laughs> it, it, it he you know doesn't surprise me that he did. I mean, from the moment that Thor when he when he first found him, it was just two alpha dogs, and throughout he uh, you know he was always you know competing for that that you know I'm, I'm the top top dog here and and you know. It, and it was our, you know, it was the Peter that we saw, we, we've seen throughout from, you know, from, from the Guardians. He, you know, he's, he's a very emotive, very, you know, acts from the gut kind of individual. So, um, uh, and that, you know, and, 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 and it, and it was used against him to basically screw everything up and, you know, allow for Thanos to, um, regain control of the situation. So, um, yeah, he, yeah. Yeah, he, he he pretty much messed up. But one last point on Gamora before we, before we move on. I, I want to, you know, in, in some regards, maybe, you know, given that she wasn't as have established that maybe even though she was a little bit of a thin character before, I think, you know, I think that this movie pretty much filled in a lot of the gaps that we've had as far as her backstory and, and the emotion that she and, and Thanos had between each other. The more we talked about that discussion, but, uh, but yeah, getting back to Peter, yeah, he he he. he there, there, there's no there's no there's no rebuilding rebuilding to start this this the, the spaceship this time. Oh, uh, well, you never know. I mean, we have an infinity gauntlet to put to use. Like anything can happen if this yep. movie proved it. All right, Pete, what about you? <laughs> you know, I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but. I see you guys are on the side of, of not happy with of Peter, and I, I I understand that, but I don't blame him. 
Um, I actually, I, in that moment, he's extremely emotional. Obviously, this is, you know, he knows that, that he doesn't know Gamora is dead yet, but he knows that he has Gamora in some way. And then Nebula kind of, she kind of kickstarts this whole thing when she goes, what did you do with that, with, with Gamora? And, you know, or, or no, 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 that, I can't, now I can't remember the dialogue, but the way Nebula words it obviously gets Peter going, like, what happened to her? What did you do to her? And, mm-hmm. and, and that's when he goes, I had no choice. And he's like, no, you had a choice. And, and, um, I, I, I don't blame Peter. Like, I get it. Like he totally acted out an emotion and he was pissed off and upset. Thanos killed the woman he loves. And, you know, it's like, you know, he, you know, if we think back, in the first two guardians, you know, he, he's, he beats, um, he beats, uh, why am I forgetting, um, that character Lee Pace in the first movie's name? Ah, do you guys remember the, I want to say Roman, but I don't think Ronan, 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah, Ronan. Yes. You know, he had like this like vision of his mom and, and, you know, it's Gamora and it's everyone all kind of banding together because he's got the stone in his hand. And so it's just like, it's like a moment when he thinks he's going to die. He has his mom kind of popped in his head. And then he kind of just gets this last boost of emotion that puts him over the edge that helps to defeat Ronan. And then, you know, he's got the whole thing with his father. So Peter Quill is a man that is completely built on emotion because of what happened as a child, what he's been through with in the first two Guardians movies. So in that aspect, I, I was not surprised at all that he just went crazy and kind of screwed everything up in that moment. Um, but I don't, I don't necessarily blame him. I mean, I guess if, if we're going to blame him for that, we should blame Dr. Strange for giving him, giving him the, the time stone, but that's a whole other conversation we'll get into in a bit. But, you know, I just, I don't, I, I, I don't blame Peter totally. Like he's in, he's an emotional state. He's upset. He's pissed off. And all he wants to do is hurt Thanos. Even it doesn't matter if he's going to die or not. Like he's just right. going to push yeah, him to yeah. death. And, I mean, and I, yeah, I mean, he gets, I get that. I mean, yeah, he's emotional. He is obviously upset, but, I mean, but for him, if he hadn't, you know, reacted in the way he did, they could, they could have defeated Thanos at that point. Sure. And yeah, so he, so. But so, then we wouldn't have gotten a part two, Will. I know. <laughs> okay. Yes. But that wasn't your question. The question is. <laughs> the mouse knows how to move the story along. So that's why we had to have Avengers 2 so Peter could be his emotional self and, yep. and everyone was screwed. And, and don't give us the one the one uh, reality where, where they have a chance to beat Thanos. Yeah. yeah. Here, here's another thing to add to this conversation, though, because I, I understand both of your sides on this, um, because there are a lot of stones in this movie and a lot of people making not necessarily bad decisions, but just trying to balance that idea of one life versus the life of half of the universe. So how do you, because while you have this Gamora, Peter Quill, and Thanos drama going on, back on Earth, you have a lot of that debate centering around Vision and Scarlet Witch, where Scarlet Witch, she basically postponed the inevitable 
And they could have easily destroyed that stone a long time ago, very early on in the movie, but she refused to let Vision die. So I think if you're going to place that blame on Peter, you should also place it on Scarlet Witch. At the same time, I think why everybody is quick to blame Peter is because, I'll admit it, that romance is a bit thin. Meanwhile, I buy into Scarlet Witch and Vision for some reason a lot. <laughs> even though, even though this is the first time we've really seen them romantically involved, right? Doesn't it doesn't matter? There's yeah. something about it. <laughs> it was teased. It was teased. Human robot, right there. <laughs> but there was something. I, I I think it was more the power that they allowed her to demonstrate throughout this movie really sold me on her. And so the fact that she was motivated by her connection with Vision, and I did watch most of Age of Ultron earlier today, so you saw the seeds in that movie as well about the intrigue and the kind of the start of something. So I I just felt more connected to that than I did with Gamora and Peter Quill. Granted, well, I was more looking at Gamora and Thanos and understanding that relationship. So, I don't know. Maybe yeah. it's just too many people. Well, I think that, I mean, I see your point. I mean, because not only was it, you know, started in, in, in Ultron, but also fleshed uh, even explored further in, in Civil War with, with Vision and, and Scarlet Witch. So, you know, by that point, you know, so it made, their romance made sense, Uh your point is well taken that that was another um, fault point in the story where things could have uh, ended if they had just not allowed love to, you know, and emotion rule the day. Um, but, you know, again, it's, I mean, it, it's one of those things where, I mean, it, everyone had to make, you know, one of the things that this, these films have done very well, when you look at the story as far as the Civil War, as far as, you know, making choices for the greater good. Mm-hmm. And because in that one, it was the, it was the, you know, it was the, the Accords, the uh, uh, Zarkovia Accords. You know, all the, all the metas basically sign on to this. You're going to have to be subjected to, you know, rules. Metas? Well, you know. This isn't Central City, well. I know. But there are, you know. This is where we need, like, the whole, are you maybe, yeah. are you from the DC Universe from Deadpool exactly. line? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was just using it as a shorthand. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say superheroes, okay. <laughs> but uh, All of the gifted. Yeah, or the gifted, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, you know, I mean that's one of those things that it woven throughout the the big the, the I guess the, the big stakes movies between Civil War and this one and is that you know it's that choice that our heroes have to make and uh, you know begs the question you know are they the correct ones to do it or should some other you know body be the ones who, who makes those choices for them? I view Infinity War as showing the world or the universe that, yeah, you don't want anyone restricting these people's powers because of the possible threats that are in the universe. Like, no. (laughs) (laughs) 
I don't think so. Well, I mean, uh, I bring them up because I mean the 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 that the uh, uh, what's that candidate director's name? Those people sh- they show up again here mm-hmm. in Infinity War. Um, I oh gosh, what's the general? And then immediately dismissed. Yeah. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um. Okay. So so we've touched on. Like, I feel like barely any of the story. I mean, we've gone in some places, but still a lot to cover. So we've we've talked about Quill, but there's some it's interesting. I was really I really like the on screen chemistry between Chris Pratt, RDJ, and then Benedict Cumberbatch. I thought that oh, and Tom Holland, of course. Like those four were were just comedic gold to me, and I was very intrigued, especially considering I'm not the biggest Doctor Strange fan. So I really liked how, even though his character, I, I think, reminded a lot of people about Tony Stark, he still there's there's just this um, like he's looking in the mirror, mirror and he hates what he sees, but he sees parts of himself, so he's really just self-deprecating. So. I don't know. I don't no, know. No. What do you guys think about them? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm on that actually. I and, and I say um, about Doctor Strange especially because I'm someone who got very meh of Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. the, the movie, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. the solo movie. Um, maybe I need to go back and rewatch it now, and it'll change my mind after watching Infinity War. But actually, um, uh, Doctor Strange and Spider Man, those characters to me sold me more on those characters alone in the movie than their solo movies did. Yeah. Um, I, I, I thought Homecoming and, and Doctor Strange were just like, okay. Like, I wasn't I wasn't super hyped. Like, I know a lot of people went crazy over those movies. Um, but I loved Tom Holland um, as Spider-Man in this one. Mm-hmm. And just uh, his interactions with everybody was so good. You know, it, it just I, – I, I was feeling bad for him, especially when – when he initially went up in the uh, in that little ship that the guy had that the uh, I can't remember the the bad guy's name but you know one of the children of Thanos character Ebony Ma that's who it was and you know I I felt bad for him because Tony was like okay thanks a lot see you later and just like was like go back to go back home and he <laughs> you hear him yell like oh come on like. I just was like, oh, right. really? Come on, dude, let him stick around. Like, you might need Spider-Man later on. And so um, I really enjoyed his interactions with uh, with Iron Man, RDJ, and and, uh, and uh, Doctor Strange. Um, you know, just – it was such a great – like, like I wish I could I, – I hope that in when the Blu-rays get released, they release, like, outtakes, like, a lot – with a lot of these character interactions because it would be fun just to watch these guys, like, in, like, rehearsal, like – Watch them pull off these takes and then let you know there was somebody who was messing up or I think mm-hmm. in like interviews they said like Tom Holland like like maybe it was Tom Holland. I can't remember, but somebody like had the most takes or something like that because they were just like laughing so much during during um, filming. But uh, those guys were so much fun to watch. And actually, just to add on to that real quick. Um, I really enjoyed all the different interactions that we had never seen before. Mm-hmm. You know, and Absolutely. I get it. This is, yeah. like, this is a massive, like, MCU, like, crossover. All, all these movies that we've never seen before come together, and it was just so much fun. You know, I could just, like, go off the list with Thor and, and Rabbit and Tree. And, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hey, that's what he called them. Yeah. Um, 
Oh my god, but but those interactions. I mean, seeing yeah. Star Lord and and RDJ like talk, or even Drax and 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 Mantis. Uh, our, oh Mantis. my god, so yeah. good. I mean, they had there was so many good moments, uh, great moments uh, in that movie, uh, and they weren't and they didn't have to necessarily be driven by comedy. Just their interactions and the way they spoke to each other were so so well done. Yeah, they 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 were, and I I think you know you get to your your first points there about um, and uh, as far as Doctor Strange and, um, and and the interactions of these characters, I, I was I was split as far as um, you know one I was kind of one from one side. I was I was kind of uh, on Doctor Strange, but I really enjoyed Homecoming. Uh, mm-hmm. So it was for me it was it was great to see. I've always enjoyed that interaction between Tony Stark and Peter Parker. So mm-hmm. uh, so it was just fun to see that again in another film where they're having that banter and, uh, and then you throw in, and, and Dr. Strange and, you know, I just love the line. It's like, Oh, you know, we're using our, our superhero names. You know, <laughs> we just, you know, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I was mean, a great scene. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, it was very natural. I mean, it wasn't, uh, you know, very forced kind of humor. It was just sort of banter and it just, you know, it just flowed. Um, what is he, your ward? Sorry. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> I love that line yeah, where he's yeah. like, what is he, your ward? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it, yeah, so it, the pairings, they did. I don't know if it was designed that way when they were writing the script that we were going to pair these particular groups of the, of the heroes off or just through, you know, uh, you know as they were filming it, it sort of worked. It's like, oh, you know, maybe we should put Thor with the Guardian, you know, I don't know how they did it, but whatever, the, the combinations that they came up with really, you know, at least for me, the um, Thor Guardians and the Iron Man, Spider-Man, Strange pairing really, really worked. And one thing we haven't touched on much, I, I don't know if we wanted to uh, touch on this too, uh, is uh, Banner and, and Hulk. Um, because, um, his getting, you know, bumped pretty hard, uh, in the very beginning of the film and how Hulk basically became, you know, he was, he, he was scared. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I should have brought it up earlier when we were talking about, you know, how the, 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 the Thanos, uh, what, introduction strong, scene. Yeah. But, um, I just thought of it with the, with the, with the pairings, uh, because with the third pairing of Cap Vision and Wakanda and, um, you know, when they got the battle armor, when, when Hulk was in the War Machine supplemental armor, um, you know, and, and they kept it throughout the film with the pairings trying to draw Hulk out and Hulk was like, no, 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 I ain't staying away from this. I have nothing. I don't want anything to do with this. It was uh, it was a good way to um, allow Banner to uh, interact with these characters, and also, um, you know, after we saw how uh, where Hulk was sort of center stage in Ragnarok, uh, now we got to see Banner again, and how Banner has you know thought he had learned how to control this character, control Hulk, but Hulk is seems to be even more so in control because he's like, I'm not coming out now. Right. 
It it um it mirrors the first Avengers because with the first Avengers movie you're watching it and Banner this is our introduction to the new Bruce Banner and you're constantly wondering what's going on with him and there's a lot of a lot of um, talk about well you want to see my my trick my party trick I'm always angry and all of that and but in this film it's more that. Banner actually needs the Hulk, but the Hulk is so freaked out and so afraid that he doesn't he doesn't want to. So it's that before when we first were introduced to Banner, it was about him trying to maintain control and being considered a threat and and him dealing with that while you see how is how much his character has grown into this latest Avengers film where He's trying to purposely have the Hulk come out, but the Hulk is unwilling to, given the the threat that is before them, um, which is really interesting and something that I, we haven't seen from this character throughout these movies yet. So, again, they're taking a lot of these characters and and showing how far that they've come. I think one of the best parts about this movie is that from the very first scene and then throughout the rest, I feel like every film that was released over this last year and a half that was in the Marvel film, it picked up on so many pieces to where things were left off. I mean, from where Wakanda opened itself up to the world and now they're here and they didn't realize that, well, timing wasn't on their side. Yeah. Because. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah. No Starbucks for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is not what we signed up for. <laughs> um, and then you also have where Thor Ragnarok left off with that ship. And that's exactly where we start off with this, with this, um, Avengers film. And I think that's genius. And I think to go back to what we were saying before about Spider-Man and Tony Stark, I, I was mixed on it, um, Homecoming. I had my problems with it, but I love the character. I love um, the introduction, and I love his relationship with Tony Stark. And this, they practically predicted how this movie would go for Peter in Homecoming because Tony was very protective of mm-hmm. Peter and the suit and telling him, if you die, it's on my watch. And there's like this responsibility and you see that play out a lot more. And I think that's why out of all the deaths that occur, I felt most connected with Peter Parker's death, mm-hmm. even oh, though they're going to change it. Yeah, that, <laughs> was, yeah. that was a brutal scene. That, yeah. It was. Yeah. He's a kid. And, and I like how scared he was. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you're, you're you're just like like Peter Peter Parker's character has this great ability to put you right where he is and as a viewer and you're just like well what if that was me and yeah. and you get it because what Will was saying before about like how bad you felt for him when he wasn't allowed to go to space but then you watch the end of the movie and you're like he shouldn't have been allowed yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tony knew what he was doing listen to Tony but yeah and I just wanted to say too, like about that whole scene, like and and I and I've watched all the the, the MC movies, and I've you know felt different ways about all of them, but I don't think, at least for me, I don't think any scene has made me as emotional as it did when Peter's clutching Tony, saying, "I don't want to go, I don't want to." Like that was just like, yeah. holy crap! Like all all 
credit to Tom Holland on that because he sold the hell out of that scene. Like, I was like, oh my god, I was totally just, I was just emotionally engrossed in that entire scene. Yeah. And and just when he's like slipping away and and oh man, that yeah. just that, even just thinking about it, I was just like, man, that was so brutal, but so freaking well done by Tom Holland. Very very much so. Yeah yeah that 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 scene definitely yeah it it. it it that was the gut punch, I think. Up until that point, yeah, people were fading away, but yeah, he sold it. Just trying to figure out how to get into another point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what I wanted to say? You know, this goes back to the the scene with Thanos and Gamora getting the Thanos trying to get the Soul Stone. But can I just say that seeing the Red Skull pop out, like, yeah. had yeah. to be one of the coolest freaking like like uh cameo surprises ever in Very. the entire franchise of that of these these movies because i was not expecting that and i think it was a brilliant move to not make him just this throwaway character he was like the person who led thanos to the soul stone yeah and i thought that was such a good move because you know and i don't believe everything actors say but i remember hugo weaving being very like adamant like i'm never coming back to this role again like I'm gone. I'm done. And, and and you could kind of believe that because they never really had a use for him um, unless they wanted to somehow resurrect his character for a future Captain America movie. But to bring him into that scene at that moment, I was like, holy crap. Like, is that who I think it is? And yeah, I just that was a, a, such a brilliant move that I don't think it's talked about enough. But I really, really enjoyed seeing Red Skull in that scene. Yeah. Yeah. I know uh, that wasn't Hugo weaving, though, right? Yeah. Oh, no, no. Are you serious? Okay. It, yeah. yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't him, but... He totally sounded like him, though. I thought that was Red Skull. It, well, the, the character, it's the character, but that's not Hugo. He's oh, not. man. Okay, well, then I failed that big time. <laughs> no, no, but... I, Seriously? That wasn't Hugo weaving? Oh, that bums me out, then, because I thought I, that was Hugo... Well, it doesn't take away from that. It doesn't take away, but the point is, it does take away from I knew while I was watching, while I was watching the film, and my, my buddy and I, we looked at each other, was like, is that Riscoll? I mean, because, I mean, yeah, 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 it was one of those moments where it was just like, whoa, talk about, like, super callback there. <laughs> because, you know, after, yeah. after Captain America First Adventure, it was just sort of like, yeah, he, you know, he was, he had, you know, he ended up um, going away in the uh, Space Stone, and, and that was it, you know? And, uh, yeah, so it was, it was a great callback uh, moment where, you know, it, I guess it was a nice payoff for fans who have um, been with this franchise for the decade, for a decade. And, and especially because I've heard a lot of speculation about how and when they would bring back Red Skull because mm -hmm. to tie it into that first Avenger film. So I think to include it in a film where nobody suspects it because of just nearly how many other characters are in this version was such a good um, surprise. Mm -hmm. And I it makes me want to go back and rewatch Captain America, the first Avenger. Because I want to try to see if there is more context to why he was there and how what the implications may be for Avengers 4, considering that little Easter egg. Because, again, this is just another point that MCU, they don't do these kind of callbacks or Easter eggs for no apparent reason. There's right. always a reason for it, and there usually are foreshadowing future events to come. So it's interesting. Um, okay, when we were talking about our favorite pair, pairs, I was not allowed to say one of mine, but I'm going to say it now. 
Akoya and Black Widow fighting against, um, what was her name? Proximate Midnight? Yeah. It's one midnight. of the most badass scenes ever. And I swear, Will, when we did our Black Panther review, I said that's what I wanted to see. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. So you asked, awesome. and you were, and your wish was granted. <laughs> and I thought, I thought, had some great I, moments I, I, in this yeah, movie. Yeah, see, this, this is why I want you to go see it. And because I was like, uh, I, I thought about it when we discussed our podcast, and uh, I couldn't say anything because you hadn't gone and seen it, so I hadn't seen it yet. Akoya had some like great moments in this movie from that one to when she um sees Scarlet Witch come down and was and blow like so many so many um of these beasts away. She's just like, uh, why wasn't she down here? <laughs> like, seriously guys? Yeah. <laughs> And she like gives so much side eye to people. It's so great. I love it. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, that is. She does that. She's like mastered the art of doing that. That's yeah. how good she is. Yeah. She's mastered that art. Chris Hemsworth is a comedic god these <laughs> yeah. days because dear lord, I I love how they they brought him to the Guardians only for the Guardians to split up, and which brings me to another point that I think what makes this movie work so much more than the other Avengers films is that there's only one scene where they're actually fighting each other. Mm-hmm. And that is when the Guardians meet um, Tony and mm-hmm. Peter and Doctor Strange. And everything else, they're all on the same side. Yeah. And that's why it's very refreshing. And you're just like, this is what I want because I want the quips. I want the with the jabs, but I don't want to see these characters fight because they could be actually doing what they're supposed to be doing and saving the world. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're you're right. You're right. I mean, it does. Yeah. I mean, after civil war and some of the other, other films where they are, they do have the conflict within the team. Uh, it, 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 it was good to see them, you know, Focused on this, you know, focusing on Thanos as far as the as the as the threat and and, and not each other. So, so um, Pete, you mentioned earlier that you had some thoughts about uh, Doctor Strange giving up the time stone. Oh, well, I mean, it was just more amusing than the whole context of of the Peter thing. But um, I mean, I think I, after watching it a second time and really understanding, um, I didn't, I didn't catch. I don't know if I, I don't know why the first time I didn't catch this, but um, you know, when he's doing his whole little like uh, looking in the future, he was, he's mm-hmm. looking in the future and he says, "I've looked at like however many realities are in the future, and there's only one where we win." And mm-hmm. and, I, and I think I think that's why he gave up the Soul Stone. I think a lot of people have been kind of saying the same thing, like. Uh, it, it's, it's, there's only one reality. And in this reality, he had to give the time stone. Um, and he had, and, and obviously, and, and I think there had to be some connection with Tony to this reality to get him to live. You know, there's obviously some, so all these, all these little moving parts and the one reality where they win and, and, and they big time con- consist of like, it, it has to of Tony Stark living because I don't think, to- I'm, I'm not quite sure Dr. Strange would have gave it up. Either way, because he have continuously in the beginning saying, "I you remember he told Tony if it comes to you or the kid, I will let you guys die 
before I give over the stone. But in that instance, he gives over the stone to save Tony's life. So obviously there's going to be some huge moment with Tony in Avengers 4 that is going to allow them to, wit- to, to, to beat Thanos or, or reverse everything that's going on. Um, I mean, I kind of have a theory, and this is getting into theory, theory spiraling, but um, I do have a theory as to um, that whole thing going on. So I, I don't know if you guys want me to tell about it now or, or yeah. if we're getting into that. But Go ahead. I, yeah. I was just – my whole thing is this. When, before Avengers came out, I predicted that either Captain America or, or, or Iron Man would die. I, I just thought, like, this is the it, mm-hmm. this is the it, it for them. Um, obviously, I was wrong. They both are alive, but – I think that there's going to be have to be some huge sacrifice made in the in the uh, in this in the second movie. Um, I have a feeling it's going to be Iron Man, and I only say that because of everything that he did le- going into this movie, um, exactly. his entire yeah. arc in this thing. Mm-hmm. He's supposed to get married to Pepper, but he like left all that behind, and I get it. Like he didn't want to see another Battle of New York go down, so he jumps into the spaceship. But everything he's doing, like, is like. Basically, uh, motivating him to just like risk his life for everything. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm like, okay, if there's a big sacrifice, it's gonna be, it's gonna come from Tony. Just cause everything leading up to this point and going into Avengers 4, like, it, I just, it just, it just, just, I feel like the writing is on the wall that he's gonna make yeah. some huge yeah. sacrifice in the next movie that's gonna kill him, but it's gonna somehow be a part of the resurrection of everyone else who died. Uh, and, and of course, when Thanos snapped his fingers, everybody else pre-snapped, Pre-snap is pretty much dead. Yeah. Sans Gamora. Gamora might still actually be, might, might still get a chance to live. So. The, see, it always goes back to Gamora when we talk about this movie because I think out of all the deaths and every, all the theories out there of who's going to come back and who's not going to come back, she's also that most controversial character where it's kind of like, her death would mean a lot more if they just keep her dead. But at the same time, we know Guardians Galaxy Three will need her. So how do you yeah. Yeah. how do you make this work? And and it's and a lot of people are saying, well, anybody who died before the snap would come um, or is not coming back. Well, Gamora died before the snap. So again, how do you bring her back, or how do you continue that storyline? Um, with her being trapped in in that gem. And so I, I think it's really interesting, despite where we go, it seems to always circle back to her and the unknowns surrounding that character at the moment. But, but Pete, I'm right there with you. I think just, again, having rewatched a lot of these movies today and over this weekend, I think if, if I were behind the scenes and writing that arc for Tony... I, I truly believe it has to end with him doing the ultimate, paying the ultimate price mm-hmm. and making mm-hmm. the ultimate sacrifice. Meanwhile, on the flip side, Captain America, the one who viewers should expect to make that sacrifice, is actually mm-hmm. the one at the end of the day who retires and goes to yeah. live off a simple life. And it, and despite me not loving Age of Ultron, they they show those fears that both of these characters have about making those decisions in that movie. And that's why thematically it would work so well to have that be the end of their arcs in this whole universe. Yeah. And I think too, like, I think what made me really think that this is it for Tony to it, it reminded me very much of, I don't know if you guys watched the walking dead, but I feel like whenever a character is like headed for their demise, um, especially like one of the, if we're looking back on one of the characters who's died in the past, one of the main, main characters, um, they have some sort of like 
moment of clarity or they have some sort of like you know there it's the end of the world and there's and there's these zombies all around but somehow they're like i found peace i want to be married i want to have kids i saw the exact same thing with tony and especially in the beginning when he said talks about having that dream when he the, he's like oh it was so real we had a kid and you know and she's like no i'm not pregnant but he's like he's doing all these things where it's like he feels comfortable and he feels safe and 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 to me you know, thanks a lot, Walking Dead. That's like the red flag that goes up in my brain. Like, oh, crap. That means that somebody's going to die or but, this character's yeah. going to meet their end somehow. No, it's it's interesting because in that scene, yes, he had that dream and he and he wants to move forward with Pepper. But at the same time, and she points it out to him, you're still wearing this. Mm-hmm, you you put this yeah. back. And so they're still um uncertainty and ambivalence there to actually putting it down i mean that's that's, true that's iron man every time we're like oh he's finally done with this crap no he's not because they keep paying robert downing jr more money (laughs) (laughs) well contracts aside i mean you know i thought whenever tony and Thanos were were duking it out uh I thought that was going to be his, the moment for him, um, but um, I'm going to take the I'm going to, I'm going to take the opposite track um, because I think actually it's going to be Cap that ends up making a sacrifice in Avengers Four, um, and Tony somehow will actually uh, survive uh, the whole. Yeah, I mean, I, I think your points are, are very well. I mean, they, and they, they, they both may end. I mean, they may just both end phase one with both these characters um, meeting their meeting their you know ultimate uh, making the ultimate sacrifice and not coming back for any any future films. And it would be thematically appropriate for for both for the reasons you both articulated. Um, mm-hmm. But um, uh, you know, I, I think that um, you know with Avengers four. Uh, it'll be just to get to some of the other characters. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, in particular, Gamora, I think one thought I had is, you know, there was a lot of, of you know, shots of her as, as a little girl. Um, and, um, you know, maybe to do some foreshadowing, maybe she'll, you know, if she does have a resurrection, it'll be a resurrection like Groot, you know, where she... You know, maybe she comes back, but she's 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 not her. You know, it's uh, she goes uh, white canary on everybody. White canary, or 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 pull or, or pull, wow. a, pull, a, pull a, <laughs> yeah, or pull a spot from Star Trek. You know, as far as his resurrection, and you know, he had to be retaught everything, so he wasn't the same spot that he, originally that we that we, we we knew prior to his death in Rapticon. But um, uh, you know, it's. There, I think she will be resurrected um, in, in, in Avengers Four. Uh, I don't think she, I don't think I, I think she will survive survive all of this. Uh, but I think uh, you know. But I think Tony and 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 Cap may both buy, buy the farm for, for um, and um, in, in Avengers Four. You know, I I can't believe like despite not staying for the end credit scene. Yeah, I'm that person. What? Um, I'm still. I have a strategy of how to get out of a packed theater. Okay, it works every <laughs> time. <laughs> I 
telling Will, I'm like, I know it's going to be online. So what's really the point of staying for 20 oh, minutes? Oh, Sarah, 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 Sarah. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, she, should, she was grumbling with me before going. She's like, it's going to be crowded. It's going to be this. I'm like, look, it's going to be crowded for weeks. You might as well just go. Well, you know what's funny about this? I saw it opening night, like at 11 o'clock, right? And so... Uh-huh. My theater, like, everyone stayed there, right? And I swear, like, just towards the end, you see a couple walk up. I swear to God, the entire theater watched everybody w- watch this watch this two people walk out of the theater. Like, yeah. what are you guys doing? Yeah. Wait, like, two more minutes. Come on. Yeah, like, you made it this far. <laughs> exactly. Like, you made it this far. Just two more minutes of credits, and you're going to get an end credit scene that's going to tease the next Avengers movie. But, yeah, that was, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not I'm not that person. I I don't stay for like majority of the credits and then just walk out. No, I leave right when they show the director's name. <laughs> Anyways, but still despite not having seen that in theater and only seeing it online, I I am really looking forward to Captain Marvel. I'm oh, ready man. for it. Yeah. I'm so ready for it. I need to see that trailer right now. You know, despite the fact that I really don't know a whole lot about her character, you know, I'm kind of starting to research stuff, but I'm I'm really excited to see Brie Larson as Captain Marvel and, and really see what they bring to this, what this movie's going to bring, because it's obviously, it's it's a period piece. It's weird saying 90s is a period piece, but it is a period piece. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, actually, just to go back real it quick. It is weird. It <laughs> is weird saying that. Um, <laughs> but, no, just to real quickly go back to the same night I was in theater when that end credit rolled. And, you know, and, and you see the Captain Marvel, the insignia pop mm-hmm. up on the pager. Um, I swear to God, everyone in my role, in my in my row in the theater, like, looked confused and looked at each other like, was like, what was that? And I felt <laughs> bad because everybody yeah. was, I was like, seriously, nobody knows what this is? Like, yeah. and you don't even have to be like a humongous comic book person, but really? And so I turned to, to a lot of the people in my row and I, I was just like, you know what, I'll just tell them. And I said, that's for Captain Marvel. And mm-hmm. they were like. And they looked even more confused, like, and I was just like, I don't have time for this. Uh, it was for Captain Marvel. Go, go Google it. Yeah, yeah. Like, come on, guys. Yeah, I, I, had, I had okay. that. Yeah, I had I had similar types of uh, reactions in, in my theater as well. Here, it was just like some people were like, "Huh, what's that?" I'm like, "Yeah, my buddy, you know, he he was he had, you know he, he stays up on some of the stuff, so he was like, "Oh yeah, it's Captain Marvel." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." So. Yeah, but uh, it's um, yeah, it's still surprising after ten years that you still have this phenomenon. But uh, <laughs> I mean, I I think part of it is not only seeing this movie, but also um, having recently watched Short Term Twelve, which stars Brie Larson. I know she's mainly known for the movie Room, but Short Term Twelve, if you haven't seen it, that shows her acting ability. So she can bring that presence to Captain Marvel. I think we're in for a treat. And also just I want to know how I want to make sure she is as badass as they say that she's going to be because Thanos is pretty badass. So. Well, they keep teasing. She's going to be the most powerful character in the MCU. So we'll we'll see how that how that comes to fruition. I know, because then they have to do, like, a scene that matches what they did in the opening scene with Thanos to prove just how much of a threat he was. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Put down Hulk pretty quickly there. Yeah, put down Thor pretty well, too. Yeah. Yeah. Another genius moment where they have Loki 
it, it was was it Loki or was it Thor who was right about to die and was like, we have a Hulk? It was Loki. Was it was Loki. It was Loki. Yeah, yeah that was another that, callback. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was just genius. Yeah, I loved it. And um, so, anything else, guys? I mean, I think we covered all of it, but it, probably oh, not. Oh, we could probably do a whole another <laughs> podcast on this film. Yeah. So much. It's it's just so much that was that was put on the screen. Um, that I'll just say, I'll just say that Thor was probably my MVP of the movie. Yeah. Um, uh, I loved his arc. I loved watching him team up with rabbit and tree to save, you know, to get his new, uh, his new, his new I'm going to call him that from now on. I don't care that it's rocket and Groot yeah. rabbit and tree are their new names. Yeah. I don't care. Um, uh, no, I love that. I love watching them interact. I thought he was like the MVP of the movie. If I had to pick like, like other characters I really loved the most. And then after seeing it twice, uh, Dr. Strange is probably my second favorite character with Spider-Man. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely, as we talked about earlier, was a big fan of Doctor Strange after the first movie. But after seeing this, and even even that night, else when I was talking to a friend when we, when we watched it, we both agreed that uh, Doctor Strange um, they really showed the full because I mean I, we, the full capabilities of this character, uh, how powerful mm-hmm. he actually is. Because you know, it, it, you know whenever we first in the standalone film. Uh, you know, he was obviously, it was an origin story, you know, learning the powers and stuff, but, uh, it really showed the, the, the potential, I mean, it showed how powerful he is and also the potential that he's going to have, you know, even though he faded away in dust, uh, in, in this film, um, you know, somehow he is, you know, integral to, uh, with the time stone coming back to reverse whatever happened here. So, you know, and, and whatever that one scenario was, that he saw that Tony was key to that as well. Uh, and maybe how, you know, I don't know if he is, did something to help him preserve his energy force and the time stone or, or whatever, but I think he's going to have some kind of role in Avengers 4 as far as helping to reverse, reverse this, even though he was, uh, you know, disintegrated um, at the end of at the end of the film. Yeah, and I know we're we're wrapping up, but one character we haven't talked on about about at all who didn't have too big of a part in this movie, but may potentially have a big part in part two is Nebula. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of theories going on about how she may be the one to actually reverse the lives. Like I hear I hear Iron Man's name be brought up brought up in the discussion but I've also heard a lot of talk about Nebula and her importance and to think about it I mean the those two characters are both the ones who are remaining on Titan um in the closing of the of the film and um those two characters are isolated from everybody else it seems so it's interesting yeah I did have one thing I wanted to sh- to say about one thing that did kind of bug me and, and it's not like a big, big thing. And, and I don't know if anyone feels the same way, but I hate that. I know that Marvel has like movies for the next five years. Cause I feel like it kind of cheapened the deaths a little bit of everyone after the snap, because we know there's more Spider-Man's coming. We know there's no more, more black Panthers coming. And so like, while I hated seeing that scene happen and I thought it was really well done, I know these guys are coming back. So I'm like, ah, like, 
like I get it. Like the scene was supposed to happen that way, but I also know these guys are coming back. So it's more of just knowing way too much than, and, and, and I think it's just because Marvel puts it out there and, and yeah. we know, we know what they're going to do. So as much as I enjoyed, I, well, not that I enjoyed that scene, but like, you know, it, it was a really, really well done scene and it was emotional. Like I know these characters coming back. So it's just hard for me to completely get enveloped in the fact that these characters are yeah. dead, but I, you know. Yeah, well, Kevin Feige, that's, that's, he, he, addressed, he, he actually addressed that, I think, whenever they were uh, talking about Avengers 4, and, and basically just basically he, he said that for Phase 4, we're just, yes, we know Guardians is going to be another film, and yes, we know there's Spider-Man Homecoming, and yes, we know Black Panther, but, but beyond that and Captain Marvel, you know, we're not going to say anything more, because yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's, yeah, it could definitely undermine what they've set up with this this, this Awesome, this awesome yeah. uh, cliffhanger here with Infinity War. Did um while you were explaining Captain Marvel to the people who were sitting in your role, did you happen to tell them that there is a part two and they shouldn't freak out too much? <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of no, I didn't tell people that, but I think people, I think I think those people actually knew that there was, you know, the the people opening night knew that there was going to be another, there was Avengers four that. I think they're still filming right now, um, but um, I know there's a lot of confusion over that and the fact that Marvel dropped the Infinity Wars 1 and 2 thing, which I think was confusing to some but not to others. I've heard a lot of mixed reactions on on that, and it's it's just one of those things where, you know, I think they just kind of have to let it play out, and, you know, it, it's, it's, it's here, it's done, you know, there was no reason to go over it. I know it was one of those people that was questioning it, but, you know, it's uh, – it, it, it did what it needed to do in terms of, you know, telling the story it wanted to. And I think it it accomplished that. But now we just we really just have to kind of sit and wait for a year and, and see what Avengers 4 brings. Yeah, I mean, I see your point with and I did. I feel, I have similar feelings about how it did cheapen the deaths of all those characters, because we know a lot of them have sequels. So why mm. would they die? Um, at the same time, this movie did such a good job of making me think that this wasn't going to be a two-parter. Mm-hmm. There are so many moments where I'm just like, oh, they're going to actually do this. They, they, This is why they're not saying part one of two anymore, because <laughs> it isn't. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to win. And then and then it kept messing with me, but I was that in get engrossed in the movie where I wasn't thinking about everything else outside of it at the same time. Uh, my MVP is Gamora. Because I think that she probably had the most to do out of a lot of the characters. And she, her ties to Thanos and Nebula were just too strong um, for me. Even though she didn't have probably a lot of the humorous parts, um, I still think she had a very important role to play in this film. So I'm going to give it that to her. All right. So... Um, we kicked some names and we some we took some ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shout out to Mantis. Come oh, on, man. that was a great line. That was a great line. Mantis yeah. and Drax, they like I didn't care for Guardians two, but those two are just amazing, and I want like a little short film just about them. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> I've been here for an hour. <laughs> oh. All right, Pete, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you? 
Well, you can find me um, on Twitter at PacingPete. Um, I do movie reviews for thegww.com. I'm working on a couple of pieces right now that are not reviews, more opinion pieces and theory spirals. So be on the lookout for those. And it was and fun we'll... being here with you guys. Are you done? <laughs> yes. Will, where can they find you? Yes, uh, it was great having you on, Pete. And it was, you can find me on Twitter at Will M. Polk, W-I-L-L-M-P-O-L-K. And you can follow me on Twitter at SJ Belmont, S-J-B-E-L-M-O-N-T. Please follow our crew on Twitter at Cena Nerd. Friend us on Facebook. But most importantly, rate, subscribe, and comment on both iTunes and SoundCloud. And you can also find us on the CastBox Android app. Yes, I do use a template, and I forgot to delete that line. I'm sorry. Good night, geek out. You're welcome.